The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to jamieappsmedia.com. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week, I'm joined by a DJ and music marketing executive at Tag Live, who lists their favorite movie as Donnie Darko and favorite TV show as Seinfeld, but apparently that's changing. Welcome to the show, Jackson Carr. My friend, thanks for having me again. How are you? Good, thank you. How's life up your way? It's nice. I went to the um, zoo yesterday. I've been a few times, but my girlfriend's never been before, so that was nice. And I actually decided to vlog the whole day, so that's my mission for tonight. I'm going to edit the video and release my first ever vlog. I'm such a hipster. How about yourself? <laughs> that is a very hipster thing to do. <laughs> I consume a lot of TikTok, okay? Was it a good day at the zoo? Yeah, it was really nice. Like I've been before, but like we got there really early and saw the seal show. We saw the bird show. I'm actually really scared of birds. Like if I see one on the street, I cross the road and we a bird flew pretty much straight into our face to the keeper. So probably one of the scariest moments of my year, to be honest. I was going to say, if you're, you're not a fan of birds, that's probably not the show to go to if it's a, the one at Taronga. But the worst thing was I'd been to it before and I knew what I was getting into, but I, I needed to give Ali the full experience. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go for it. I'm going to face my fears. And as a result, I was a good boy and got to have some beers last night. So it was good. Well done. And was there a lot of people wearing masks at the zoo? Nope, nope, nope. We were, <laughs> we, we both were because Ali works in film production. So she gets free masks and it's kind of drained into her head that you need to wear them. But I reckon 95% of people there weren't wearing masks. All the staff were, but everyone that was there. And it just seems like people in Sydney, the weather gets hot, they forget about their masks or they don't care anymore. So it was very disappointing. Yeah, like I get that it's outdoors, but it's also a lot of people and you can't be sure that they're all going to stay away from you. Exactly, like especially the zoo where there were slow walkers and whatnot. Because Ali has to get tested every week for corona for work, we know that she doesn't have it and in theory I don't have it as well. So it wasn't... Like, we're fine, but we don't know what other people are doing. So it's not that hard to wear a mask. Or, or even if you just get, like, a bandana and put it on, it's not as good, but it's better than nothing. That's good that they're actually doing full testing at her work, though. Yeah, like, the production she's working on is quite a big one without being able to say too much. So they've got a big budget for it. But one of her roommates, he works in television as well, and they're not doing any testing because it's a smaller TV role, like, TV show. And they say, oh, yeah, you should probably get tested once a week, but we can't force you to do it. So, yeah. It, it, I guess it's smart on those big productions. They don't want to have one person test and then it pushes everything back way more than they already are. Yeah, absolutely. So at least um, they're going really well with this movie they're filming and um, they're going to be starting to film another movie soon in the franchise without saying too much, but you can probably guess what they are based on what's going on in Sydney, if you read the news. Be very excited to see them when they come out without saying what they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, but she's never seen any of them, so 
Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, how? <laughs> what? What? You need to sit her down and do the marathon. Yeah, I want to. Like, I tried Educate to get her. her. <laughs> I tried to get her to watch one of them, and she fell asleep in it. And I was like, oh, okay, I see what it's like. But no, no I think she needs to do it for work. And I, I've got Disney Plus so I can watch it. I think I'm giving too much away here, but it's all right. It's a bit of fun and games. Uh, yeah, so speaking of Disney Plus, I checked out Mulan last night when it finally became available. You spent $30? I did. I, I've read that correct. How was it? It was pretty good. Like, it, I probably wouldn't have spent $30 to go and see it in a cinema, but because it was yeah easily accessible and could just chuck it on and watch it in bed, I was like, yeah, sweet. Um, I'd never seen the original, so that probably made it easier for me to enjoy the movie. I think if people had a big like nostalgia and love of the first one, it might not have been as impressive, but for me it was visually really special. Um, and it was cool to have a Disney movie that told the story without falling into all those typical Disney movie things of, Oh, now here's the random musical number that just sort of comes out of nowhere. It was just a proper, here's the story of this young Chinese girl who's trying to prove that she's just as good as the boys and can do, bring honour to her family by joining the Imperial Army, even though she is a girl. Yeah. I like that. I was a bit sceptical when people, when companies remake movies, so it's good to hear that they did it justice. Um, up until I'm not gonna lie, up until I heard about them charging thirty dollars for it, kind of like an OnlyFans thing. I never actually heard of the movie before, unless I like blanked it out of my early years. So I read up on it and stuff, and it looks really good. But yeah, I think I might just wait. Thirty dollars, money's a bit tight at the moment, so I think I might just wait until November. Is it free? It's either the end of November or early December, so it's really not all that long. But I yeah. I just figured, hey, probably should review that one. It's a big one that people are probably going to be interested in and might be yeah, considering whether they should spend the, the 30 or $34 or whatever it is. Yeah, of course. And so you say if you're a family and you've got kids, it's something that if you would have enjoyed, you should watch it and, like, spend the money? Yeah, absolutely. Like, if if you've got kids that are interested in the the typical Disney movies, they can you can chuck this on and it's – cheaper than going to the cinemas with a whole family that's for sure yeah absolutely it's like i know i get cheap movie tickets through telstra and that's only like 12 dollars 50 or something i couldn't imagine what it'd be like taking a whole family so then you're gonna come from home as well and you're not spending 45 dollars on a small popcorn and whatnot yeah well, i think last week when i went and did the the double feature of unhinged and tenant i think i spent like nearly 50 or 60 bucks Whoa. just on by the time I bought two tickets, like a ticket for each movie, yeah, a drink, popcorn, lunch in between, it was like, yeah, there's 60 bucks. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it is a bit of a big financial commitment, I guess, but we've been doing it for a while, so it must have been nice to be back in the cinemas. Oh, it was so good. And it was even better that it had all the social distancing elements oh, yes. in there, so nobody was right next to you making... Ton of noise as they chomped down their popcorn or ruffled through bags. There was also like 
virtually nobody there so I pretty much had the whole cinema to myself like unhinged I think there was six people in the whole cinema wow tenant there was maybe 12 or 15 it's like you're in gold class with the spacing but not having to spend the money and you just get your own privacy were people wearing masks or uh no but it was like a full cinema everyone was spread out um yeah and when you buy the tickets, it blocks out all the seats around you, so you do have that buffer zone. Oh, awesome. Thinking I need to – I haven't been to the movies since, I think, The Gentleman, the start of the year. I went – I bought a ticket for that um, Staten Island movie with well, – what's his face? Pete Davidson. Yep. But um, unfortunately, I had a bit of big Saturday night, so I slept through my session on the Sunday. But I think I'm <laughs> going to go to – I think I'm going to go to the movies and see the new Bill and Ted. Okay, yep. I loved those movies when I was younger. I've actually re-watched them because they don't stand. Because I actually didn't know it was coming out so soon. Because the whole year's flying by and I was um, actually on TikTok is what I do now. Vlogger, you know me. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I saw an ad for it and I literally smashed both the previous Bill and Ted movies over the last couple of days. And honestly, the nostalgic factor was, was there. I still really loved them. Acting, Keanu Reeves is just amazing. Acting wasn't the best, but it was still funny. I still found it as funny as when I first watched it. And I don't actually know what the next one's about. And I'm always apprehensive about re-watching movies, if, whether they get remade or the next one in the series. But the last one, I, I did Toy Story and Men in Black trilogies after they came out, and they were really good. So I'm going to go in with a positive mind. So I've never actually watched all of the first two. Okay. Which is probably pretty crazy to admit, but... Not very excellent, as I like to say. Watching the trailer... Yeah... Last week did not make me want to go and see the new one at all. <laughs> oh man, am I gonna ruin my childhood? Yeah, I don't know. I watched it and I was just like, uh, unfortunately, that does not look like something I am at all interested in. Oh, okay, maybe I'll, um, but I've also never seen the originals, so take it with a grain of salt. As I said, I haven't been in the movies since like January, as much as I bought a ticket and didn't go. I'm gonna get one, I'm gonna go. Sometimes I like to just take it myself, just go to the movies, have a nice afternoon or a nice night, just away from the world, and just want to do it. I don't really have. Everyone was talking about Tenant. It's not really my cup of tea, to be honest, from what I saw. So I have a dumb movie. So I think I'll check it out next week, week after. That was sort of my plan last week. I was like, you know what? I've had two really crazy busy weeks at work. I'm taking the day to myself, and I'm just going to see some movies. Yeah, it's just a really good. Nice thing to do, like as much as you can watch movies at home and you've got so many different streaming services, it's just nice to get out, sit in the movies, just enjoy yourself. You can just be yourself, laugh like an idiot, cry like an idiot, do what whatever you want and yeah, it's just a fun couple of hours away from the world. Yeah, that's it. It's literally just two hours where you can just forget and switch everything else off. Just nothing else matters except watching this. And it's one of the few times where I know I'm in the cinema so I won't be on my phone, whereas at home, I'll, unless I'm watching a, a parasite or something I know I need to keep my phone in another room with, it's just nice just to sit in there and just be distraction-free and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, like as much as you try to at home, it's so easy to have your mind wandering like, oh, I'm just going to check this and then next thing you've missed 10 or 15 minutes and you're like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, and you just need to rewind. and Yeah, because your mind always wanders. So, or you'd be like, oh what's this actor been in before? And then you just go down that rabbit hole and yeah, just movies is just, I don't know, something about it. I guess because there's people around 
You don't want to look like a, someone on your phone because you don't want to get embarrassed. You don't want to be that guy that's pulling their phone out and disturbing everyone else. Yeah. I'm actually quite excited. I'm going to do it. I'm going away next weekend, but when I'm back, I'm, I'm going to go see Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah, I'm going to go check out um the new Mutants this week as well, since oh, that's yeah. just came out finally after however many delays and reshoots and stuff that movie has had. How long have they been like, has it been delayed for? Because it seems like it's a project that's been going on forever. Heaps. Let me just look it up. But it was definitely, it's definitely been like delayed multiple times. Um, I think it was originally meant to come out last year. And then I think it got bumped to, to the start of this year and then got bumped again. Like it's just been all over the shop. I just looked it up on Google and it's one of the questions people ask. Is the new Mutants ever coming out? So, yeah. <laughs> Originally set to be released on April 13th, 2018. Whoa! Was delayed to February 22nd, 2019 to avoid Deadpool 2. And then to August 2nd, 2019 to avoid Dark Phoenix. Oh. And then it was delayed until April 3 by Disney when they purchased Fox. And then it was removed from the Disney schedule in March because of COVID. Whoa. Rescheduled to August 28. Just been all over the place. And like, I know at some point they were like, oh, maybe we'll just put it out on Disney Plus or streaming. And it was just like, yeah, is this movie ever going to come out? And... It's it's finally out. Came out on Thursday, so I guess it'd be interesting to think about all the movies and stuff. What production studios will be doing? Because I don't know if all the movie theaters are open throughout the world. Like you know, at least in Melbourne, sorry for anyone in Melbourne, but they won't be going to the movies. America's still a bit of a cesspool and stuff, so they must have to now take that into consideration. And be like, oh hey, we might not get like the box office or the money that we we originally planned when because the, they start what planning movies like five years before, so it's another whole interesting thing that that industry has to look at these days as well. Yeah, I know, like, at work when we've been getting press releases for, hey, this movie's coming out, like, even the New Mutants, it was like, this is the release date for everywhere except Victoria. Yeah. It'll be out in cinemas in Victoria at a later date, and I'm like, well, that's going to be a bit weird, like, seeing a movie in the cinema two or three months after everybody else has already seen it. Yeah, I guess like, that's just the world. I, mean, I know at work we were um, we announced the Country Music Festival last two weeks ago now, and originally when we were planning it, we had Victoria in it, and then yeah, we just had to take it out, um, unfortunately because of what was going on, and um, it's just the sad world we live in, I guess. But they're getting better now, so fingers crossed. Yeah, is that the Tamworth Country Music Festival that was cancelled this week, wasn't it? No, that, that's the thing. That There's a, a thing called Tamworth Country Music Festival, but we announced something called Country Roadshow, which is in February. Yep. Um, and it's going Sydney, Tamworth, coincidentally, Townsville, Canberra, and there's a bigger version in Brisbane. So, um, yeah, it's just got – I'm not really into country music, but I've been listening and researching, obviously, because my job and Adam Brand, Buckley's, I don't know, Lee Kernigan's playing in Brisbane. Hopefully it still goes ahead, but – you never know in this climate. 
Yeah, pretty sad day for country music fans when I saw that the Tamworth Country Music Festival was cancelled. Like, yeah, it's that's a major event in Australian music. It's such an iconic event, and it officially hasn't been cancelled yet. But they're going to cancel on this coming week, and they're going to propose that it gets cancelled and not even rescheduled. And it's like, yeah, we're going to cancel it. So, yeah, I suppose you can't have people travelling from all over Australia to come to a country town like that if somebody brings it into that environment there's going to be so many people pass away because they just don't have the hospital facilities yeah absolutely I know with my my parents in Nelson Bay there was like a long weekend or a school holidays and someone went up from Sydney who had it and without realizing went to the shops and there's a big like Asian community up there and they were quite worried about that but it was actually quite like luckily they got really it was under control and i know the shops they went to and that shopping center is really good with distancing so they were quite lucky but with the music festival obviously more and more people yeah it's such a high risk and it's not worth it so have you been watching much this week man i've actually been watching a lot now sports like i've been watching the nba playoffs i literally have every single game on every day when i'm working i have it on the background you know Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but I'm just loving the fact that it's on in prime time. As much as my beloved Portland Trailblazers got knocked out, I've really been watching like Luka Doncic so he got knocked out. But it was an amazing game between Toronto and Boston on Friday where Toronto won with 0.5 seconds left on the clock and I yelled so loud I gave myself a headache. <laughs> I was that excited. <laughs> Good. Definitely getting into it. Yeah. I didn't watch a lot today because I had other things to do, but... Yeah, it's just nice just to have sport on and as much as there's no crowds, it's just it's just good to see some normality in the world and ice hockey's on, ice hockey playoffs is on and my friends are massive ice hockey fans, so I'm watching that and NFL's next week as well. So I've really been consuming a lot of sport content lately. Yeah, I've just really been enjoying it and rugby league and whatnot. Premier League's back next week too. Yeah, what the? It just finished like yesterday. Yeah, they just finished and they're back. Like... Yeah, I guess Craziness. the season back into like the routine it was. But our boys, Chelsea, oh, we're looking good. What a transfer window. <laughs> Holy dooly. But they reckon it's not even over yet. They reckon we might be trying to sign Declan Rice and the keep, like, and we need another goalkeeper. So Roman has just had enough. Like Liverpool win one league title. And he's like, you know what? I can't deal with this. Let's go. Well, yeah. Another young keeper to push Kepper would be good. Like, Willie's a decent backup, but he's not. Mm. He's never taking the top spot. <laughs> nah, not at all. So it would be good to have another young keeper that can be like, hey, if you stuff up, I'm taking that spot. Like, it's mine. Yeah. And even if he's there for a year and then Kepa leaves when the Spanish league's better financially. Like, I remember when Chelsea signed um, Peter Cech, we still had Carlo Cudicini's number one, and then Carlo Cudicini left after a while, and then Cech took over, and then. Um, What's his face? The bloke who went to Real Madrid. Um, Courtois. He, he came in for a year or two and then Czech left. So we've always had this thing of developing. I was going to say different words, which is a bit creepy. Yeah, just developing like two keepers and then letting one go. So as much as we've had problems with strikers, we've always been good with goalkeepers. Yeah. And like one of my mates was trying to give me crap about Kepa being our top choice keeper. I'm like, last year our back line was atrocious so yeah yeah he might not have had the best season but you also got to think he were getting some pretty 
rough shots taken on him like where he had pretty much no hope anyway. Yeah. So this year with a, a strengthened back line, strengthened midfield, crazy up top, like Thiago Silva. Oh. And with our defense last year, like Frankly like, kept on trying to rotate the defenders and I'm, I'd imagine being a defender, you need to get a partnership going with your other defenders and it just wasn't working. So hopefully we'll have a more settled squad. Chilwell left back. Thiago Silva, who's got, just give me goosebumps thinking about him and he'll, I reckon he'll be the leader that we've needed since John Terry retired. So, Yeah, that's it. Like he might not have the pace of what he used to have, but I think having him next to, yeah. next to someone like a Rudiger can really give Rudiger that, that experience mind to direct him around the park and be like you need to be right here and then that'll improve his game immensely as well yeah definitely and for the young players and stuff in training it's just i just don't know how strong Chagas Silva's english is i guess but um i'd imagine being around the professional world for 15 years he it wouldn't be weak in any way so that would give him confidence as well to talk to the players and yeah bring it on and Messi's saying, well, in Barcelona, I reckon we're going to win. I'm calling it now. What's the date? 6th of September. We're winning the title next year. Oh, big call, but I like, I like the confidence, especially with that, <laughs> that front three. They look vicious. Yeah. Sporting world aside, what else have you been checking out in the past little bit? So this week I checked out um, a documentary about David Arquette called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Strong name. I like David Arquette. It's, this is a very interesting doco. So it's about David as he is attempting to sort of reignite his wrestling career because back in 2000, he was the WCW world champion as part of some weird cross-promotion for his movie <laughs> Ready to Rumble. Okay. and <laughs> That's funny. That moment of him winning the world title back then has been sort of described by wrestling fans the world over as the worst moment in wrestling history because it kind of ruined the the idea of wrestling being real and yeah just basically crapped on all the actual pros that were in WCW at the time. Yeah, I could imagine that. Because Arquette got involved in the, the crazy world of wrestling that at that point, that kind of put the brakes on his whole acting career as well. He went from these roles in Scream and being on magazine covers alongside like Brad Pitt and Leo Leonardo DiCaprio as like the next generation of big stars. And then it kind of just nothing happened after WCW because I think the, the movie industry kind of just looked at him as like this weird... Like, why would you get involved in wrestling type thing? Yeah, I'm just looking at his filmography now on Wikipedia and I never actually realised that. I just thought he fell off, but that makes complete sense. Like, he had all the screams. One of my favourite, like, rom-coms, Never Been Kissed he was in. Like, he had a really strong career. And then, yeah, that actually sounds like it'd be an interesting documentary to check out. Yeah, so it's really cool because it's it's following him in 2019 where he's, even he in himself feels like he needs to redeem what happened in wrestling. Like he understands why people hate what happened. So he's trying to work his way back in the traditional way by going, going to a wrestling school, going through all the like 
tiny crappy backyard independent promotions and stuff and just slowly working his way back up and building a reputation as no this guy actually really does have a passion for wrestling and wants to be recognized as a proper wrestler not just some random celebrity that came in took his money and left so yeah it looks like him on like the independent circuits and stuff and then is this something that without giving too much away is he still like pursuing it or do you think this is just or was there like something you've just got to watch in the documentary without obviously giving too much away he still does random indie stuff like on a smaller level like i'm surprised an aew or a wwe haven't brought him back in just for a little like short run or something but yeah in the documentary it, it goes up to this point where he has he has a death match so like a match where they use all sorts of crazy weapons light tubes uh, blades just nuts thumbtacks against yeah. this wrestler called nick gage who is renowned for his crazy deathmatch wrestling yep and it just does not go well like nick gage is not someone to mess with he's a bit of a <laughs> a psycho and during the match he goes to he's like stabbing arquette in the head with this broken light tube oh and obviously arquette like tries to move to get away from it and they slip and it cuts um arquette's neck like really really badly oh so he has to oh. he stops he like grabs his neck and like there's blood pouring out of his neck oh. he's holding his neck and he just he walks out like nope not playing anymore i'm i'm just done oh. walks out sort of stops for a second goes back into the ring at least finishes the match like just pretty much just instantly just goes hit me lays down gets pinned and then mm. leaves and goes straight to the hospital and gets like proper surgery to fix this cut on his neck Ooh. and like that's like the old, the end of where it sort of gets to there's a little bit afterwards talking about he has a couple more matches with um jungle boy jack perry who is luke perry's son <laughs> okay and like wow Luke Perry was at this match with Arquette because they were good friends. And so this was the match with Jungle Boy was sort of to like wrap the whole thing up because it was just after Luke Perry had passed away. So it was like a memorial yeah. for Luke Perry. That's nice. But it's like, it's a crazy documentary just seeing the, the stuff he does. And like, he really does love wrestling in a strange way. So yeah. But it's a really cool documentary, not just for wrestling fans. Like, I think uh, movie fans and stuff will get a lot out of it as well, just to see how crazy the, the world of wrestling is. And yeah. David Arquette's a bit of a unique character in himself. Because at the end of the day, I reckon majority of people, at least our age and older, because I know my mother as well, would have had some time in their life where they like wrestling. Yep. It was such an iconic entertainment brand that everyone loved it at some point like i still have like wrestling t-shirts and stuff i still have wrestlers i like my mum loves it and she's mid-60s so i guess you've got that which you can bring those fans in and then it's always people find it always interesting to learn deeper about celebrities and documentaries and stuff than you do when you see on like socials or you read about in the paper or like whatnot so yeah it sounds like a really cool documentary on such a big actor from the 
late 90s, early 2000s, and him just going off relevance, I guess. Yeah, especially like when you look back and you go, well, he was in Scream, and then what happened to him? And then this sort of explains what happened and how he's trying to work his way out of that. Yeah. Good on him. I like it. I've been, um, yeah, besides, obviously, my sport, I've been watching a lot of documentaries as well. Um, I watched this one called McMillions. Yep. And it's basically about how in the late 1990s, early 2000s, this group of people scammed the McDonald's monopoly promotion in America and they just won millions of dollars. And over like a six-year period, no one actually won the million of do- the million or the major prize unless you were in this syndicate of people. And I don't eat a lot of fast food, but when McDonald's Monopoly comes out, I like it. And I was watching this and I was like, oh, I really can't wait for McDonald's Monopoly to come out again. Look what's just come out this week. So I was going to say, isn't it, didn't it just start again? <laughs> yeah. And I, dude, I literally, I'm not exaggerating when it says it takes me three minutes to walk to McDonald's from my house. Oh, no, so, that's, that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But document was actually amazing because they went in and they told you about how they came up with the promotion, how it all worked and stuff. And it was actually, the, the scam actually started in Jacksonville. And so I kept on hearing my name. So I was like, oh, man, hey, Jackson, hey. And I just kept on thinking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and stuff. And while it was very good, I think six episodes was a bit much. It, I think they dragged it out. I reckon they could have done four and that would have been fine, but... Yeah, or like a, an hour and a half doco or something. It didn't have to be a series. Yeah, like it didn't have to be a series, but I guess whoever like made it or whoever just wanted to try to get as much value for their money. But yeah, apparently they they scanned $24 million worth of fraud through McDonald's Monopoly. And like this, the, you find out early on this bloke, he just gives the tabs to like his people, like his friends or his family, or like he's got this extravagant thing. And, and at some points they're like, they flush like a half a million dollar tab down the toilet. And it's like, and the guy's like, yeah, oh. I didn't really care. Yeah. What? Yeah. Crazy. And he just literally just had it on him like it was gum in his pocket. He's like, here, take this and stuff. And yeah, and it's, it's I like watching like documentaries where you see like the detective work and stuff. And yeah, it's, it, was, it was good. I, I quite liked it. And um, yes, an HBO documentary. So, you know, HBO is always quite good. Yeah, I've definitely heard of the doco. I haven't watched it, but I've definitely heard that it's an interesting one to check out. Yeah, and it's on um, Binge, and being a Telstra customer, and it, somehow I'm a gold Telstra customer, I got Binge for free for 12 months, so... Yeah, Buddy got that deal too, I think. He got, I think he got like 18 months or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I just And I got this new TV the other day, so it's just... I was the other week. It's, it's perfect. I don't really watch a lot of stuff on Binge, because it's just the Foxtel stuff, but it's just, it was just good to have that on, and... Yeah, I checked out and I quite liked it and I'm probably going to get McDonald's for dinner tonight. <laughs> I've been eating a lot of Maccas and kebabs after darts the last few weeks too, so might have to switch to just Maccas for the next few weeks while Monopoly's going on. Oh, the worst thing is you buy like a, a large meal and then you win like a McChicken, you're like, oh, sweet, I'll have another burger and you get home, you're like, oh, I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Jacksonville, I watched a wrestling pay-per-view that was from Jacksonville this morning. Oh, cool. So, uh, All Elite Wrestling had their pay-per-view all out and they've been, since the whole pandemic, because they're owned by Tony Khan, they've just been running at oh, that makes sense. Daly's Place, which is 
it's an open air concert venue attached to the Jaguars stadium. Okay. So they've just been running all their events there because, because it's open air, they can have yeah. uh, more staff and more people there working on the shows. The last couple of weeks, they've actually been having fans there sort of in a limited capacity or sort of if you buy a group ticket, they put a group together and then they spread everyone else out around so that nobody's on top of each other. That's cool. Which is cool. It's so good to have the atmosphere that fans bring to wrestling again. Like it's been so weird watching all these wrestling shows with, with no audience. Yeah, I've seen like things on Twitter where wrestlers still like celebrate with the crowd and stuff and it just seems a bit weird. So it's nice to hear that yeah, they got, they're getting fans back. All Out's like their major, it's like basically their their WrestleMania show of the year. They, unlike WWE, they don't have a pay-per-view every month. They just have one every two or three months, which is... Yep. I actually much prefer it. They can actually build towards the, the stories a bit better. Mm. But this one is the first AEW pay-per-view that kind of fell short of my expectations. And it's the biggest one of the year as well. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was just because... A few of the matches I had like really high expectations for, namely the the tag title match between uh, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus FTR, who yeah. were formerly the Revival in WWE. Okay, and I just had high expectations for that match because of FTR's reputation, um, but it felt kind of like a series of disjointed spots. So like, we're just going to do this bit and then this bit and then this bit rather than a flowing story or fight. But the women's title match and the main event were both incredible matches that sort of saved the show. Yeah, nice. But the biggest, probably the biggest talking point coming out of it though was, do you remember Jim Ross as the commentator? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So Jim Ross is now a commentator in AEW. Okay. But this is really bad to say about a legend. I think he's lost it. <laughs> yeah. He he just is not doesn't fit with AEW and sort of the vibe that they're trying to get of this upstart young company with fresh talent just doing whatever it takes to to win people over. Yep. And he made this really flippant off the cuff comment about one of the women on the show. Oh. He asked, Did Anna J just have a wardrobe malfunction? Dot dot dot. Wishful thinking, I guess. Oh no. And as soon as he said oh. it, I was like, No, he didn't just say that, did he? And sat there and like, no, he definitely did. And it was just like really distasteful and like really poorly timed given what's happened in wrestling recently with speaking out and people sort of being mistreated sexually and stuff. And then he put out this apology on Twitter, which was pretty poor as well. He sort of basically tried to say it was an attempt at lighthearted joking and it just didn't come across right. No, like that was just not on. What are you doing, Jim? Yeah, no, I could see it's probably past. It's probably something that was more would have been said and 
the 90s, 2000s. By no way it, it should have been, but it's something that was more finally done then. And, yeah, no place for that in 2020 at all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, during the Attitude Era, that would have been... Nobody would have batted an eyelid, but right now it's just like, no, that didn't... That just looked really bad for not only him, but, like, the company itself. Like, it just made them look really gross. Yeah. Was there a lot of backlash online about it? There has been quite a few people, yeah. a couple of, like, the female wrestlers that I follow have just been like, we are athletes. We're not here to be sexualized. Like, we're just trying to be just like everyone else on the show. We want to put on the best matches. We don't need commentators doing that. Imagine going back and watching your match to, to review how you went or whatever and hearing that that you obviously probably didn't sign off on him saying and just been like, what the hell? Yeah. Like that's someone I now have to go and work with every week. Yeah, that's disgusting. I'm hoping that there are some sort of sanctions handed down by management because in the recent past they've given suspensions to one of the the other wrestlers, Sammy Guevara, because he made some pretty gross comments about one of the female wrestlers in WWE. Yeah. Uh, Excalibur, one of the other commentators, has literally just got back from a suspension from he said the N-word in a wrestling oh. promo over 10 years ago, and he still got suspended for that because somebody dug it up and put it on Twitter. So That's good that they did that, though. If I guess as much as it was 10 years ago and people changed, it's still drawing a line in the sand saying, hey, we're not going to stand for this then or now, and unless they can be like to the commentators, hey, we have we hold you to a higher standard and you need to respect everyone, I guess. Yeah, especially because they are the voice of the show and they're the ones that have to help the talent get over and tell the stories. So, yeah, we'll see what, what comes of oh, JR's comments there, but sure yeah. there'll be something done about it. Yeah, definitely. Anything on more brighter news that you checked out? Um, I've started watching this documentary series on Netflix called High Score. Um, I'm not a big gamer at all, but it's basically on the development of video games throughout the 80s and the 90s, and that's like what I really liked when I was younger. So the first one, they talk about Space Invaders and what, what they did, and then the next episode, they talk about the Nintendo and Donkey Kong and... I actually have a Donkey Kong tattoo on me, so that's where, like, kind of where I am personally with what I like and stuff. The next episode I watched, it was about role-play games, so I kind of haven't watched an episode since then because I didn't find it that interesting me personally, but just looking when I was doing my research for this chat, I was looking and, and I've seen what's coming up and I think I need to get back into it because it's, it's a well-put-together documentary, but I guess with all the sport on in the world and just just the role-play thing just didn't sit with me just because it's not to my personal taste, I kind of it's fallen off on it but yeah it's that's been really good so far and that's on netflix yeah i've seen that one pop up i'm pretty keen to check it out and like you said it's it's hard with those series where they each episode has a particular topic like if you don't yeah. find that topic interesting you can very easily drop off on the entire series at that point yeah that's exactly what happened but then you're yeah, just reading what's on on the next one and they talk about like sega and and they're talking about like Madden coming up. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, I need to get back into it. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy we've had this chat so now I can kind of give myself a spoiler to give me the enthusiasm to get back into it. And yeah, like you said, with so much sport on, like even this week I found it 
a struggle to get through some of the shows and stuff that I wanted to watch because the Premier League of Darts has been on and I've just been watching two and a half hours of darts every day. Yeah, I, I had that on last night. I couldn't tell you what happened, but I know I had it on when I when I got home. I just had, just opened up KO and I was like, oh, darts, this is fun. So yeah. I sleep shortly after, but yeah. It's been pretty crazy for those blokes too because usually the Premier League is like an all-year thing where they come together each week and play like a series of five matches. But because of everything going on, they've been they've come together for the last like this last two-week period and they had four or five days in a row, then they had two days off, and then they're doing another four or five days just to get the season completed. Yeah. Which is a pretty big task to have. Usually they, if they're having a tournament, it would be a maximum of three days, not well, unless it's the World Championships where that goes over like two or three weeks, but you usually only play, you play a match and then you might have three or four days off. You're not back to back to back to back. Yeah. Darts is wild. They must miss the crowds though because darts looks like the most, one of the best fan engagement sports around. People just go wild. Yeah. Yeah, they just go and drink a whole heap of beers and just get crazy and scream and shit. Well, it sounds like me. Like, why haven't I got into it before? Can I get rowdy at your darts matches? I come and be like, yeah, Jamie, woo! i get kicked out, right? You would at the moment because of <laughs> the COVID yeah. restrictions. We can't have any uh, spectators. But yeah, before that, no, you'd have been totally fine. <laughs> Perfect. As a guy that gave himself a headache from yelling. You might have had one person be like, can you be a bit quiet? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. You were saying Parks and Rec was taking over Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've rewatched my favorite shows every year, and I've just finished rewatching Parks and Recreation. And I, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's. I don't know if I can say it, but I think it's about to take over. Or it, it, I need read, need to rewatch Seinfeld. But I just think Parks and Recreation have always had the best cast. The show was amazing, and the show ended so well. Whereas I hated the end of Seinfeld. It wasn't as bad as How You Met Your Mother. Because that's the worst ending of a television show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was rubbish. <laughs> the Seinfeld episode was just like the final episode. It was two-part. It was like a glorified, let's get everyone back in. Let's rehash things that happened. And it just wasn't a nice ending. Whereas Parks and Rec, like, they did it really well. How they, they went from the start, like season one through to the end. And even when Leslie got pregnant towards the end of the series, rather than them having to deal with the kids, they just fast-forwarded a, a, a three years. And then they started that. And it just... Yeah, it just worked really well. And, like, Nick Offman's amazing actor. I've seen his stand-up a couple of times. He's real, real funny. Um, Aziz Ansari, amazing as well. And just the whole cast is just so good. So I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Parks Recreation is my favourite show of all time. I say as I look at a painting of George Costanza, he's looking at me funny because I'm saying this, but, nah, I'm, I'm into it. Please tell me you have the painting of George Costanza in your house. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I don't have that one, but um, Ali actually got me this for my birthday and I'll send you a photo just so you can see it's George thinking and he's judging me. But you know what? I, a friend of mine painted me a Nick, uh, Nick Offerman thing the other day and I'm just going to put that over his face so he's not looking at me anymore. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that is a pretty cool painting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the last thing I checked out after so many people have told me to, I finally watched... Wu-Tang and American Saga. I love that show so much. Uh, I 
enjoyed it, but it wasn't as good as I was expecting, probably because it had been hyped up so much. Yeah, of course. Like, I think I was just expecting something more along the lines of Straight Outta Compton, where it was all about the music. Yeah, of course. Whereas this was kind of more about before Wu-Tang was like properly a thing. It was more about their, their gangster growing up. Yeah, of course. That's, that's a bit, I love Wu-Tang, and that's a big thing about them, I guess, um, as was their roots from where they were and how it kind of, they all came together. But, yeah. I think, I know a season two has been commissioned. I don't think it's, they've put a release date out yet, but I think now that sort of the music is starting to come in, like I noticed the last couple of episodes where the music was the big focus, they were the ones that, I really enjoyed the most and sort of paid the most attention to because of that. Yeah. So I think this season two, if they're moving into them being an actual group and touring and the music side of it, I think I'll be much more on board with season two. Yeah, of course. Did you have a favorite of, did did, did you realize who was who throughout it? Because some of them had different names and stuff. So I had to, I love Wu-Tang, but I still had to like, look up Wikipedia, who was who, for a bit to try to figure it out. Yeah, no, I definitely struggled to work out who was who. Yeah. Um, it was great to see Joey Badass in it, because I love him as a rapper. I didn't realise he could act. But I think my favourite, because my favourite Wu-Tang member is Method Man, and the actor that plays Method Man is this rapper, Dave East, who I love as well. And I was like, Dave East absolutely nailed that role. Like, he was just perfect. Like I couldn't get over like how much how similar they looked, how much they sounded like each other, and it was just I need Dave East and Meth Manager song together. It would make my day, my life, make my year. Like I'm surprised they didn't after the show. Like yeah, it would have been the perfect sort of um, cross promotion type thing. Unless they're going to do something for season two, but yep. And Method Man actually chose Dave East to play him, so. You know, there's their respect. He has that respect for him. So, yeah, why they need to do a song? Yeah, like just do it, and it'll. I reckon it'd go crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, just, I'm actually looking forward to season two. And there's that reminds me of there's a Wu Tang documentary on Stan as well that I've been meaning to cut, check out, but I'd have to wait till the NBA season's over. But that looks really good as well. Mm. Yeah. So that was that's been my week. What was your Favorite? Uh, you cannot kill David Arquette. Like, yeah, it's a crazy documentary, and like I said, it's it's not just for wrestling fans. It is actually a documentary that I think anybody could enjoy. Yeah, I think I def. What was that on? I got sent a link from a friend in the states. Okay. So I don't think it's available yet in Australia, but it's coming very shortly. Like. It's it's out in America on um, on demand services, and I think it's yep. on Amazon Prime over there as well. So it's definitely like coming here very soon. Yeah, cool. I'll um, I definitely want to watch that. What was your top pick? I'm gonna say the. I don't really want to say this, but I'm gonna say McMillions. But don't go to McDonald's afterwards. I, I it was very good. End of the day, as much as it was, it was it did stretch out. It, it was a great watch. It was very interesting. Like, as someone who works in marketing, it was interesting to see like the marketing side of one of the biggest, if not the biggest, company in the world. And yeah, I'd, I'd say McMillions. 
just don't let it influence your your dietary habits yeah i'm actually moving in two weeks and i'm moving same suburb but further away from mcdonald's so I'm, i'm happy about that at least further from mcdonald's closer to anything else though a pub Oh, that's that could be worse. <laughs> you can get food and beer there. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Jamie Media, and you can follow Jackson on Twitter at Deckhead. My friend, thank you so much. Pleasure as always. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Jamzine, over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the Jam publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Apps. Tracy Apps.